You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number three of Wasp Week, and uh, I wish we had some kind of interesting guest, but due to scheduling conflicts, uh, conflicts, our third guest of this week had to back out, and so now it's just old nine fingers here talking into a microphone for you guys today, which isn't going to be too bad. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. We're going to, uh, here's some of the things that we're going to do today. We're going to do, I'm going to talk about three facts that most people already know about white-tailed deer um, that I like to to share because there's still little bits of the hunting industry that think a certain way. And I like to, like, especially, uh, I don't know, this perfect example is last summer. I was talking to a guy, and he thought he knew a lot about whitetails. And he said, he, he, he made a comment, and I go, actually, that's not true, right? Most of the time, uh, anytime something like that happens, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a scenario like this where people don't understand, like, I'm not popular. I'm not, like, I can't, I can walk into a grocery store and people have no clue who I am. I'm just a regular dude, right? And that probably is the same way with ev- just about everybody in the hunting industry just because how small it is. But... But getting into a conversation at like picnics or sporting events or things like that and people, they don't know that I am as educated about deer as I am. They don't know how serious I take it. Most of the time they don't even know that I have, they may know that I have a, a, a podcast just from, you know, conversations between my wife and their wife and things like that, but they don't understand how long I've been doing this and how much I actually know. And so they'll, they'll, they'll make comments. Most of the time, those comments are, I just, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sweep them under the rug. Don't pay attention to them. But there was one example where this guy was spitting off like all all these facts. He thought he knew everything about whitetail and he must've been educated by the, um, the outdoor channel back in the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, where it was just like, it, it, 
there's there's been an education revolution as far as science and um and facts about basically the truth about whitetails has has come out through you know the uh um national deer association right the nda they have uh, they, they do a ton of studies. You know, you have Mississippi State University, you have Auburn, you have Penn State, you have all these other um, universities and places doing basically just studying deer and giving all the facts. So anyway, this is a long way of saying that this guy uh, just started dropping f- fake news on me and I, I couldn't take it anymore. And I was just like, actually... That's not true. And I'd pull up the research on my phone and show him. He's like, are you serious? Are you serious? I'm like, 100%. And he said something else. And I'm like, actually, can I show you something real quick? Pulled up the research, showed him. And he was just blown away that I that all the, everything that he thought he knew was wrong. And so it's just kind of... It, that that that's kind of the world we live in right now, right? You scroll through Instagram, and I just had a uh, an Instagram reel go. Oh man, I hit. I might be at two hundred thousand views on it, right? Which isn't too much. I've seen other reels by people go, you know, bigger and into the millions. But for me, that's pretty big. And all it was was two guys. I was talking to two guys earlier on in Wasp Week about. Uh, they basically are population control. They run an organization that's population control in urban areas. And they have a total of 300 acres that they they help manage the deer population on. Now, it's one. It's not one big 300-acre piece. There's all, these, uh, there's all these pieces of property that add up to 300 acres. And so I posted a reel on Instagram where I asked them how many deer they take off of that total 300 acres. And even in the description of that uh, Instagram feed, uh, I said, hey, I I gave, you know, this is an urban environment. They have a total of 300 acres, whatever. And so obviously people don't read that and everybody's calling BS. They're like, oh, there's no way that's true. That's a high fence. They're stock, blah, 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 blah. And so those are the type of people that will read a caption or they'll 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 see a clip but they won't read the caption or they'll just read a title of something and not actually read the story or listen to the empire, entire podcast and then call bs or spread fake information and things like that so um so yeah and so i i love like that guy just had a heart attack at that cookout that day and i was like well actually you're wrong well no 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 here's why i'm like actually buddy come on let's look at the facts and so i had to i had to basically cite uh where i got all my information from pulled it up on my phone and was like here research shows this this and that so i didn't want to ruin this guy's day make him feel stupid but at some point you hear enough people say the wrong thing over and over and over again, then guess what? You got, you gotta, you gotta say something. So, uh, I did anyway. So we're going to, we're going to talk about some, uh, interesting deer facts, and then I'm going to get into a little bit of a conversation about, uh, my plans for the rest of this year and then high level for what my goals are for next year. Uh, and so the, that's the intro. What do we get? Let me look at my little notes here. Okay. Um, 
commercial time. Let's just get into the commercials. If you're looking for a saddle or saddle hunting accessories, go check out Tethered. Tethered offers saddles, platforms, uh, saddle hunting accessories, and then they have a huge educational catalog uh, library to make you a better deer hunter uh, in a saddle. And I used my saddle a lot. Actually, I didn't even use a safety harness at all this year. I used my saddle even when I was tree stand hunting this year. And so I had an absolute blast uh, hunting out of a saddle. It's, it's very comfortable. It allows you to be, especially if you're hunting in a tree stand, it allows you to sit. It allows you to stand. And then it also allows you to lean off the tree like a full-blown saddle. And then I also saw the true benefits this year of running a saddle and a platform. And so, uh, dude, highly recommend, highly recommend not only the hybrid method that I use this year, but the standalone version of that as well, which is just a straight up saddle hunt. So go check out tetherednation.com. Today is obviously the third episode and last installment of Wasp Week. So do me a favor, go to wasparchery.com, check out their mechanical lineup, their fixed blade lineup, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit right now about my favorites. Man, I've killed so many deer with a three-blade jackhammer, it ain't even funny. Uh, I, I, I absolutely love that head. Flies true. You know, obviously, you, after you shoot field points all summer, you have to readjust your bow, readjust your sight, readjust possibly your rest. You know, there's a lot of things. A a, a field point is not a broadhead. And I don't care what claims a broadhead company makes. It is not a field point. So you do have to do some adjustments after you shoot field points. And that's why I took a whole bunch of um, uh, old uh, mechanicals this year. And I pretty much just shot mechanicals all summer long into my target. I got a really good Reinhardt target. I beat the shit out of it, obviously, with all of that, uh, all of, all the broadhead usage on it. But uh, it, I didn't need to do anything. I didn't need to change anything before my uh, trip. I didn't need to, uh, my, my Western trip, I didn't need to change anything before uh, I went down south uh, and uh, did my thing here in, in Iowa. And so wasparchery.com, discount code NFC20 for 20% off. Please go take advantage of that. Uh, vortexoptics.com, man. I don't know what to say. Uh, the new Triumph HD uh, is out. They have a new tripod that's out. The They have a new product for kids Uh, a new pair of binoculars for kids. So it's like, if you want to get someone their first ever pair of binoculars, they have a new, basically a kid's version binocular. That's spectacular. And it's, and it's very affordable. And so uh, it's, and, and it's, it goes with the quality that vortex always brings to the table. So vortexoptics.com, check out all their lineups of, um, Binoculars, spotting scopes, range finders, rifle scopes. I just bought a muzzleloader that I'm going to talk about later. I need to go get a Vortex uh, a Vortex scope for that. And, man, uh, vortexoptics.com. Check out their VIP warranty. Code Blue Sense. Love the Rope-A-Dope system. Uh, if you are the kind of person who likes the sprays, um, or it likes to be as scent-free as humanly possible, go check out all of their scent, fr- scent elimination products, whether that's, I think they have, like, body wipes, they have uh, laundry detergent. They have soaps and shampoos. They have sprays. And then they also have the the real and synthetic urines 
and they have the preorbital gland. Uh, just a whole bunch of different scents that you can use in a variety of situations. So go check out CodeBlueScents.com, discount code NFC20 for 20% off. Next on the list, we have Woodman's Pal. This is a this is a serious Christmas gift uh, leader right here. I really think that any serious outdoorsman and any serious hunter or even bow hunter for that matter needs to have one of these in their truck or in their pack. Now, I'm going to be completely honest. It's a little, it's a little heavier, but it's durable as shit. It's made in America, and you can beat the piss out of it, chopping and hacking stuff. It's almost like a multi-purpose tool. I mean, you can hack trees, you can cut wood with it. You, I mean, it's it's basically a, a really durable, thick machete. And uh, the, the guy that I work with, he calls it a habitat tool. So uh, really high-quality habitat tool. Go check out woodmanspal.com. Uh, and then last but not least, Huntworth. Be sure to check out Huntworth's uh, Instagram and Facebook pages because they drop Uh, discount codes and uh, are running sales all like between now and Christmas pay attention uh, to those discount codes um, because they are definitely going to be offering some discount codes uh, between now and then on in my opinion one of the most of the highest quality with the most affordability Uh, I've worn just about ever every single camel pattern on the market or or gear company or whatever you want to say there's only a couple that I haven't, but I've definitely used all the elite brands, and these guys are 90% of that with 50% really of the, the cost. And so you got to go check out Huntworth, man. Absolutely love their gear. Um, and then obviously my new company. Dude, I'm, I just – check this out. I just got I, – I, I did some research, and I said on full sneak – I, you know, full sneak gears, my new, my new apparel company, it's going to turn into a lifestyle brand, but I wanted to get some, some clothes out, some t-shirts out. And so I wanted to be creative in this endeavor. Uh, and so I, I've launched a couple t-shirts. I've, I've got a sweatshirt in the making and dude, I just got, I, I did some research and I was looking for a company that made death metal t-shirts. Right, so the ba- the bands that play death metal music, they all have these zombie-looking, gory T-shirts, and I was like, dude, that would be a sweet idea for a deer T-shirt. And so I just got the first concept back today, and it is sick as shit, dude. I mean, it is awesome. And so uh, I'm hoping that within the by Christmas time, I have the final product that I can uh, have available for pre-order, but I, I got this concept back. Just imagine zombie deer, like a zombie whitetail buck in a forest. Dude, it, it is, it's when it's done, it's going to look awesome. And uh, so keep an eye out for that along with all the other products at Full Sneak Gear. All right, I got to put a cough drop in because I've been struggling with some kind of sinus deal right now. And it's kind of gone down into my throat. My wife... She said she's been sleeping on the couch because she said I've been snoring so loud at night, and I very rarely snore, according to her. Uh, and so either I'm getting fat, and because uh, there's this magic, there's this magic weight that I have. It's somewhere around two thirty. If I go over two thirty, I start to snore, and if I'm under two thirty, I don't really snore that much. 
And so I need to drop, uh, dude, my shoulder, I have, I'm having a shoulder issue. And uh, it sucks because I can't lift. I can't lift upper body with it. And so really what I've been doing is just staying home. I, I just started going to a steam room uh, at the gym that I am a member of and basically just trying to steam out. And actually that has, I think, along with icing, has been helping my shoulder. But I have to go to a doctor on, you know, you know how all this insurance shit works. I have to go to a doctor who refers me to another doctor who then will refer me um, to another doctor to see f- for uh, an exam. So my, my standard doctor needs to refer me to the sh- shoulder specialist. Then the shoulder specialist will say whether I need an MRI or not. If I need an MRI, then I need to go to a different doctor uh, altogether. So I, uh, on the 11th, I find out if I'm going to get an MRI to see if I have a, a torn ligament in my shoulder. It's pretty painful. Um, it's, it sucks because climbing tree stands all fall sucked hiking out into the uh out into the when i was hiking around and climbing up uh, hills and and just day-to-day activities getting in and out of my truck it's sore Uh, and i know i i give crossbows a hard time on this on this podcast but i was really close to having to pick up a crossbow. I thought that my shoulder was roasted and I thought I was going to have to pick up a crossbow uh, this this fall, uh, get a medical release from my doctor for a crossbow. And um, and so I'm glad I didn't. Uh, it's, my shoulder's slowly been getting better, but it's not perfect. And I, I just want to make sure before I start getting back into any type of activities that it's healthy because I want to use this next 10 months basically from now until September to rehab my shoulder, make sure it's right so I can use a bow for for next year. But between now and then, I'm going to put the bow down for the rest of the season. And I went to a store uh, Shields, one of my favorite places to go. And, you know, I've been to Bass Pro. I've been to uh, Cabela's. And the people that work at these, at Cabela's and Bass Pro are very nice. But there just seems to be a little bit of a, how do I, I don't want to say experience. Not like there's a knowledge gap, if that makes sense. But at Shields, it seems that they hire, and if you're from the Midwest, you probably know what a Shields is. But if you're down south, I shit, I think Texas got, has, has a Shields now. But if you're in the southeast or in the northeast, you may not know what a Shields is. It's basically a Cabela's or, or a Bass Pro, same, same products. But these people are very knowledgeable. Like, So I went in and I not only bought a, a muzzle loader two days ago, but I got an education on how to load it. I got an education on how to clean it. Um, he took it apart for me. He helped me sight it in. And so I'm putting the bow down this late season and I, I bought a muzzle loader. and it, that's not necessarily for me. It's also for my wife as well, because she's expressed interest in going, uh, late season hunting. And so I have a, I have a place where that's going to be an option now before I got access to this new property, dude, 
once the shotgun hunters go through my main farm that I've been hunting for 14 years, game over, it's done. I'm talking no more deer. Maybe the occasional doe will walk through, but it is, it's a serious, it's a serious pressure and they relocate until spring. No joke. And so I, I'm glad I got this new farm. I'm going to go and uh, get a muzzle loader, and or I've already got it. Now I need to go sight it in, but I'm going to go muzzle loader hunting uh, this late season. And I believe that starts on December, shoot, December 18th. That's when it starts. But what do you know, muzzle loader season? I got four days, four days, four or five days to hunt, then it's Christmas. Then it's Christmas vacation, and my wife is like, you are not leaving all three kids with me at home that week after Christmas before New Year's to go hunting while they're on break. So I can't do that unless I drop my kids off at my dad's, <laughs> my dad's or something like that, then I can go. But, um, but yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to it. Man, here's, here's my dream. I really hope that the buck that I shot earlier this year, who, you know, the Big Ten, he survived. I hope he 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 sticks around. Last year, dude, I sat in a tree for two days and I watched a parade of deer come out of this property onto this standing ag field. That another guy also hunts, unfortunately. Uh, well, not unfortunate for him. I am between, and I, I mentioned this on another podcast. I, I believe I'm going to launch it next week, but I am between him and where the deer are coming from. So at about 40 yards from the fence line is where I'll be, or well, I'll be parked pretty close to the fence line, but I'll be shooting into my property and uh, probably 40, 50 yards from the fence crossing. Cause that's literally the best place. They come out of the timber. If I go into the timber, I spook them because I'm too close to bedding. But then after that, they'll all start to pile out. And I will be able to have, I don't want to say fish in a barrel type scenario, but last year they all walked down two different trails that were 50 yards apart. Unfortunately, they were 70 yards from the closest tree that I could get a tree stand in. So that's why I got the muzzle loader this year so I could reach out I'm, I'm guessing somewhere between a 70 and 100 yard shot and so uh, I'm, le- I'm really looking forward to that other than that uh, this season is kind of going down as kind of a learning lesson right um, I got my buck fever I recovered from it I got a good you know I got a real good buck uh, and I need to focus on buck fever I was so amped and jacked for this upcoming season that I kind of lost sight of the, my control. You've heard me on this podcast preach it. You know, you, I got, you have to act like you've been there before, especially around big mature bucks. And I did not. I lost, like, I self-admittedly lost control and I did not keep it together. And I put a shitty shot on a, on a slam dunk scenario. Like I should have put an arrow right in this deer's heart and lungs, hard quartering towards me, and I I should have watched him drop with insight. But instead, I damn near blacked out, and I rushed the shot, and everything went wrong. Right, it just went wrong. Fortunately, that buck recovered, 
and he has been on trail camera now several times. So I know he's alive and, um, I'm hoping to get a good idea, like a good uh, crack at him this late season. I'm going to monitor cell cams to know when they start to move. Honestly, I'm hoping for about two foot of snow come, uh, somewhere around December 18th or something like that, right? Right before it starts, I, w- I would love for the shotgun shotgun hunters to push all of that into the, all the deer into the property that I have access to hunt. And, and then late season comes and then basically it's going to be me and another guy in a box blind on a different property hunting this deer herd. And I'm really hoping that uh, I can connect. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm, and I'm also really looking forward to hunting with a different weapon. Believe it or not, I have only shot one deer with a gun my entire life. I think it, and it was like 2008 or nine or something like that. I shot a white-tailed doe with a 20-gauge shotgun. That's the only deer I've shot with a gun. So now, <laughs> like I, I mentioned in another podcast, I, I want you guys to listen to next week's podcast with Tony Peterson because it's going to be, it, it's, a, it's a good one. But I feel like I'm coming out of the closet when I tell everybody that I'm, you know, I'm now officially, a, I'm going to be a gun hunter as well. Anyway, I'm looking forward to hunting with a new weapon and seeing how uh, the late season treats me. Uh, Hopefully the dogs on that property are not an issue. They were an issue earlier this year. The landowner, um, I guess he, the, the DNR officer called the landowner and said, Hey, can you keep your dogs off this property? They're, they're chasing deer and, um, they're chasing deer and I didn't hear a response back, but the, the dogs no longer were running on the property until after I shot, like somewhere around November 15th, I got another picture of them running on the property. And so, but then I haven't since then. So maybe they got out and got loose or, or something like that, or they forgot to put them in one day, but, uh, uh, it worked. Right. And so, you know, the, there a lot of people were saying, you should shoot those dogs. I'm not going to shoot a dog, dude. I'm not going to shoot. Why, why would I shoot a dog? I'll shoot a coyote, but I'm not going to shoot. I'm not going to shoot a dog, especially when they're collared. Right. That's private in Iowa. That's private property. And then I could be in big trouble if I did something like that. So I'm not going to do that. All right. Uh, that's this. That's the rest of this year. Right. Here's a couple things that I, I want to focus on for next year. And I am. Here, here's what I'm excited about. I've been on a roll in Iowa. I'm going to take a drink of water real quick. I've been on a roll in Iowa since 2016. I've shot a buck every single year. I feel like I feel like I've got Iowa under control. Now, as as we all know, nothing is guaranteed, but I feel like I have Iowa underneath under control. And I want to spread my wings and I want to see if I can hunt whitetails in a different environment. Now, here's what this means. This means that I might have to, I feel like my urge to, to kill a mule deer is really high. Like I really want to shoot a mule deer in that spot and stock environment. But this year when I was out there late October, my mind 
like I was all in it. I loved every moment of it, but I kept thinking to myself, man, I should, it's so good. I should probably be in a different state hunting. I should probably be in a different state hunting whitetails because I want to go to Missouri. I want to go to Oklahoma, Wisconsin, uh, southeastern Minnesota. I want to go to Illinois or Ohio or, or Indiana or Kentucky, right? There's good deer hunting in those, in those places, and they're all within, you know, four, four or five hours for me. And so I really, I think next year I'm really going to try and I'm really going to try and do some very small, maybe like long weekend, three-day, four-day trips. So I can be in Wisconsin in three hours. I can be in Minnesota in three hours. I can be in Missouri in two and a half hours, Illinois in an hour and a half, right? And so I really want to, uh, I really want to take the opportunity to explore some of those places and kill deer in different environments, right? And before everybody's like, well, you're just going to other Midwestern states. Yeah, you're right. But that's just because of where I live, right? Um, it's not the South. It's not Michigan. It's not Pennsylvania, right? I, I, I want to test myself, but I, like, I want to test myself in environments that offer the best odds. And I feel like those states offer some, some pretty good odds. Other than that, um, you know, obviously I want to continue. I'm, I'm debating right now because I, ha- I pretty much have to make a decision within a couple months and I don't think I'm going to do it yet because I'm unsure about my shoulder. I am going to probably just buy another elk preference point this year, uh, by my, uh, my Wyoming preference points this year, instead of going on hunting, because I'm unsure about the hunt. And when I do do that hunt, I'm going to dedicate two weeks to it. My wife doesn't know that yet. It could jeopardize our our marriage, but I want to make sure that, um, I want to make sure that I do it and do it right because I'm going to be, I'm knocking on 10 points. I think this next year I'll have nine points. Maybe I'll try to draw with 10 and, and, and that should put me in one of the best, if not best units in the entire state of Wyoming with, I'm assuming 10 preference points would get me there. Uh, there there's probably some, some that are higher, but, uh, then I, then I'm debating on whether I want to go over, you know, like go, go DIY or if I want to spend the money on a guide and, and do, do a guided hunt or go with a local and pay them. Or I, I don't know. That's, those are things that I'm thinking about because elk for me is right now in my life. I've never shot an elk. I want to shoot it, uh, elk. I want to be. I want to know that when I go out there, I'm not just chasing my tail. I'm not young anymore, okay? I can't sprint up the mountains. I'm f- from Iowa, so I'm not used to the elevation. Uh, I It's unrealistic for me to think that I can go out there in the summertime with our schedule and do some kind of big scouting mission. That's unrealistic. So I'm kind of left with go out there, figure it out on your own, or maybe have somebody else figure it out, help you figure it out. I don't want it to be like an outfitter where 
they drive a truck up a mountain. They're like, there's the, there's the elk herd go down in some guy bugles a couple times and I get it. I get a crack at one. I don't necessarily want that. I want it. I still want it to be the backcountry experience, but I would like a little bit of help to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm that's what, that's what I'm going for anyway. Maybe that's, maybe that's realistic expectation. Maybe it's not, but so there's kind of the elk thing, the mule deer thing. I'm still going to apply for South Dakota. I think I'm just going to go earlier in October, uh, maybe the second week in October, October, then the third week of October will be at home with the kids, uh, and family. And then the third week or the last week of October could be, a. um, this year I might attack my new farm earlier in the uh, earlier than November. I might attack it the last week of October to try to get a buck down in October this year. It would be, dude, if I shot a buck on October 25th and then I could go from the 25th, you know, spend a week at home, seven days at home, and then go for an out-of-state rut hunt, that would be ideal. And then be able to come back and do the late-season muzzleloader thing again. Man, that would be ideal. Is it going to happen? Dude, who the hell knows, right? Right now, my my kid's schedule is so busy. When I, when I leave, I got three kids, right? When I leave for my hunts, not only am I relying on my wife to take control of the family while I'm gone, and she did a good job, you know, this year, but I'm also relying on other people. I mean, I've had people take my daughter to dance just because they live right across the street from us. And then another girl in the neighborhood, her mom brings her home. And then our other neighbors are the same age as my two boys. And so they, they helped out a lot with going and, you know, going to, um, taking the boys to their basketball practices or their wrestling practices. And then one of us would go. And then now that my daughter is not only in dance, but she's in wrestling, like it's just, it's chaotic. And so it puts a lot of pressure on my wife when I go and we really do. Uh, I really do rely on other people for, uh, to, to help basically transport my kids around. And it, I'm glad I have that. And I'm going to repay them with some gift cards this uh this christmas i'm just gonna say thank you for helping out i really appreciate you know just some ten dollar gift cards to the local coffee shop and and so that's what's gonna be happening now i think a lot of that's gonna change when my kids get older i've talked to some other guys before and they've pretty much said that once the once you have one kid who can drive then it all start, starts to settle down because then you can be like, hey, mom's going to take so-and-so. The oldest kid can either drive themselves to their activity or they can they can be a shuttle bus for the other kid. And so uh, I think, and I, I try, dude, once my daughter turned 16, like I know a lot can happen between 10 and 16, but she's she is the girl that I, like I would trust behind a tractor, driving a tractor right now. Like she's that. She's that cool. Now, my, my boys, hell no. They might not be ready till they're 30. <laughs> so, um, out of state, man. I, wanna, I want to I wanna hunt more whitetails out of state. And I think th- between now 
I'd say for the next couple of years, I'm going to really focus on that uh, for out-of-state whitetail hunts because I just love it so much, man. I feel like here's here's kind of what happens. Whenever you get really good, you figured out a property, you get you know where the deer are moving. Like It's just a matter of time until, especially if you're doing what I'm doing, trail cameras. Check your trail cameras. Maybe you have some cell cameras, Intel's coming in, and you're like, okay, I know this deer exists. I know he's around here somewhere. For me, it's just a matter of going to the the terrain features that just have the best deer movement. And I go sit in those areas, and usually, I mean, it's not rocket science. Usually, my target deer comes through at some point. And that's how I've kind of been successful, right? And so I want to figure that out in in other in other areas. I think that's where I was trying to go with that. So uh, it just becomes easier, and that means the easier it is, the less time you have uh, to spend hunting, right? So if I only hunted Iowa, and let's say I got really good this year, uh, it took me four or five. I think it was four. No, it was six. I was gone for six days, I believe. Because I left the afternoon of the first, I hunted the second, third, fourth, fifth. Shot my shot the first deer on the sixth. Then I went home for a while, and then I came back to hunt. You know, from the eleventh to the I don't shit the thirteenth or the twelfth is when I shot this buck. I can't remember. Anyway, I uh, shot my buck. All right, so I just want more time to spend in a. In a I want to hunt more deer. So there's that. Now, the next thing on my list, and I don't know what's going to happen here. I, I have a really good bow. I have a Bowtech solution. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, when I perch, when I when I got that bow, I shot Hoyt. I shot PSE. I shot Matthews. I shot, I think I shot Elite. And I also shot Bowtech. And my favorite bow out of that group was that Bowtech. Okay, so. I've been shooting that. This is my third season with that. And now I'm thinking I want a new bow. And I want to go through the process of doing exactly what I did last year, testing out all these new flagship models and going through the process of finding a new bow. And uh, that might change, though. right? I don't know. Uh Right now, that's what I've been thinking about. Is like, okay, it's time to get a new bow. It's you know, you've been using this one for three years. Let's sell it or or you know, keep it for you know somebody else. Or I don't, I don't know. But then, like, what happens is my schedule gets busy, and then I put all that, you know, I pull put, put all that away until like let's say the summertime, and now it's time to start shooting the bow more. And because I'll be completely honest, man, I'm not an all year shooter. I don't shoot my bow all year round. I pick it up uh, June, and I'll start shooting it throughout the summer. Uh, I wish, I wish, you know, you, you can wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one gets filled up first. But I wish that I would shoot my 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 bow more. I need to. I I, I want to. And I just need to make it happen. Uh, anyway, I don't <laughs> I don't hunt I don't. Sh- start picking up my bow until summer. And usually by then I'm just like, I don't want to deal with getting a new bow. I'm just going to either replace the strings, get reset up again. And then, uh, I mean, shit this year, I even used the same arrows from last year. 
uh, my day six arrows, man, love that company, by the way, day six, love that company. Uh, and so I think I'm, I'm going to try to pick up a, a new bow this year. I'm not sure if I'm going to ATA show quite yet, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if I'm going to go to ATA and that might give me an opportunity to shoot uh, some bows, even though a lot of like there's bow manufacturers are dropping out of the ATA show left and right. And so they they're not going to be there anyway. And so that limit really limits my options. So what I'll do is I'll go to a couple uh, bow shops locally. I think there's a really good one within an hour drive. And then there's another one back in my hometown that, that I like to go to as well. So we'll see. Um, new bow, uh, whitetail state, really that's high level, man, for next year. I don't have anything too crazy other than wanting to get out and spread my wings in the whitetail world. And I think a lot of it has to do with me wanting to prove to myself that I can kill deer in different environments. Like I don't really care what other people think, but there, I, I hate to, how do I put this? When someone says it says it must be easy to hunt in Iowa. I say you're, you're, you're right. It's easier to hunt in Iowa than it is Michigan in, on the farms that I hunt. It's easier to, you know, we have different age class of deer. We have, you know, way less hunters. We have, you know, the odds are definitely stacked in my favor. I'm a product of my environment. And uh, and with the knowledge that I've gathered throughout the years, that makes hunting easier. But I want to take that those same principles and my same method, and I want to apply it to another state where I feel like I can hunt, uh, hunt some deer. So uh, hunt some deer, duh, hunt some deer. So, uh I'm rambling now. Let's call her quits. Huge shout out to Wasp Archery, man. Uh, these guys have been one of the longest running partners on the Sportsman's uh, Empire, you know, with, with the Nine Finger Chronicles. Just a great group of people out there. And I absolutely love their products. I'm a huge fan of it. And I'm not trying to convince anybody to do something they don't want to do. But go check out their website. Go check out their broadheads a majority of their heads not all of them but a majority of their heads are still made in the united states and they're dangerous dude like high quality high quality products that absolutely destroy tissue when you shoot them and so a uh, huge fan of wasp and i'm going to continue to shoot their heads hopefully for a long time and uh and uh, love the people. Huge shout out to Tethered, Vortex, Code Blue, Woodman's Pal, Huntworth, Full Sneak Gear. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Huge shout out to each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to, man, listen, follow along, Instagram, Facebook. Like we, I feel like we've really created a community here, and I love that. And so thank you very much for that. Please go out and spread the word about the 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 nine finger chronicles podcast and the sportsman's empire and full sneak gear all of that that uh when when you talk about it you share it with friends it just allows me to have a little bit more freedom to continue to do this and when when i can continue to do this i, I you know this this is free for everybody to listen to and i don't ever want to charge for it and so um, absolutely love doing what i'm doing and a lot of that is because of you guys so thank you very much uh, good vibes in good vibes out and if you're going to be in a tree, 
gentlemen, wear your damn safety harness. 